Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. My name is Andy Littleton from Mission Church in Tucson, Arizona. And I'm sitting with my buddy Eric. And he is from The Village here in Tucson as well. This is our weekly Tuesday post-to-mid-breakfast conversation that we do not script. Um, you're invited to the table with us. That's the concept of this podcast. You get to sit down, hear two pastors work something out. And so today we we talked about, Eric, how would you describe it? I think we talked about the kind of the experience of people, pastors and churches that choose to to do something different and distance themselves a little bit maybe from the mainstream church yeah. in yes. order to reach people who might not go to, un, to the mainstream community, but also maybe to be more authentic to the to person and the people that they are That's in community with. That is exactly what we talked about. So if, uh, if that's interesting to you, tune in. If it's not, you, you should, should definitely t- tune, tune in. in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. It's called Masks. Less breathing into the microphone. Probably a good thing. It's probably a good thing. Yeah, it's probably good. Hey, well, Eric. Um, you know, if, if if our yeah, if our sound sounds just a little, if you're like, ooh, they put a cool new filter on there. We have a mask on. We so have we're, masks on. We're doing the. We're trying to trying to be a be a safe day. And uh, and we're starting late, so we got to jump into this, man. Yeah, let's do it. Um. Okay, so we just out front of your church here. We just had a little bit of what I was thinking was getting into an interesting conversation. All right, let's just jump into that interesting conversation. So, so this is something that somebody said to me at the church the other day was, and this is a a co-leader. They just said, look, I think it's really important. Something to this effect. I think it's really important for us. If we're going to do the ministry God's called us to and reach the type of people God is, really impressed upon us that we ought to reach. And for us, that that there are a lot of categories for that, but we especially think about Midtown Tucson, and we especially think of those who are, you know, open to faith, but church culture doesn't fit. Um, they're not, they don't get it. They don't feel comfortable there, but they're open to that conversation. Um, or maybe they're dipping their toes or trying faith for the first time or people who have been disenfranchised by the church. You know, they've been in it, maybe they grew up in it, or they've been in it for a while, and they're, and they're not, they're seeing the holes in it. They're, they're uncomfortable. We want to be a church where those people can come and can uh, be honest and work through their struggles. And so he said, we're going to have to distance ourselves from the rest of the church. And, and what he meant wasn't in our faith or I know, I know this and he, he, he is the type of person that works together with others. But, but he said, you know, what I, what I believe he meant was we're going to have to make it evident to people from the onset that we don't do some of the things that some of these people do. And we don't feel the way some of these folks feel. And, uh, and that you, you can really come here and have these conversations with us. We we're, it's different. It's different here. So I threw that out, and you said, I've been doing that for 20 years, and uh, 
And I said, what's that been like? Well, let's just, let's just pick it up right there. <laughs> let's pick it up right there. <laughs> You've been doing that for 20 years. First of all, why, why don't you tell me how you came to, I'm sure you phrased it different, but how did you come to decide that you needed to do something like that? Well, I, I think I felt like the church in general didn't leave a lot of room in the political space uh-huh. for people to enter in and wrestle and from a social space so how you interact in the world um, not a lot of opportunity for conversation so you had to kind of fit if you were exploring faith and you wanted to enter into church and have a conversation you were going to run into a lot of people who were going to tell you you were wrong and so you had you would have to check a lot of boxes before you could come in and be honest Right, or even feel not really awkward and uncomfortable right. yes. and not judged. Um, I think probably 20 years ago, the big word was not being judged. Like, sure. um, for exploring faith or wrestling with faith or, you know, having a different, like, starting at a different political position than everybody else or... Believing some scientific things might challenge the bible potentially yes being just yeah so these kinds of things uh we tried to distance ourselves from them yeah how'd you do that um <laughs> well in some ways we had to distance ourselves from people who were our brothers and sisters in christ and that's like on the that outside sounds terrible to say right in a way it is but some of it was we were trying to form a new language and to form a new language and a new way of talking about faith, you have to leave the old way for a while and talk about it. I mean, and discover it, figure it out, you know, because right. part of it is a lot of us who started the church came from out of that world and didn't feel, didn't feel at, uh, like we belong there anymore, but we didn't know how to talk about God or faith or any of those things really in a way that was, uh, so you kind of had to had to learn and and distance yourself not to not because you hate these people not because you don't well, even even agree on some core stuff. I would whatever. I would I would say early on there certainly was a judgment coming from our part which is not wasn't right but was a motivating thing. Sure. Like well these people have obviously got it wrong or they've gone down the wrong road and we need to be a corrective and when you're young mm -hmm you tend to have a little bit of arrogance to you about how that is, which right. can already, so it's not just that you're distancing yourself, but you've become what you dislike, yeah. but you've yeah. reversed yeah. it in the other direction. But that didn't really come to our, like we didn't realize that for a long time. So, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I could, yeah, I could see that. Don't you think that's probably, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a church history guy. I feel like that's happened over and over and over and over and over and over like this. They're always kind of new movements, new versions. Often they start out a little arrogantly some t and, but then they're also usually on to something. Yeah. And then they, they usually kind of, kind of taper and, and moderate a little bit as time goes on. Um, so, 
So there was there was a little judgment, but you didn't. I'm saying you you didn't want you weren't saying those people definitely aren't Christians. No, we were or, not saying that at all. Yeah, you were just saying we think you've been you've gone down the wrong path. You've makes made some decisions. You've you've embraced some things you shouldn't have. We have a there's a, we have a different way. We have a corrective. We we can there are things we can see that you can't see. Whatever, and you formed a new community. And to do that. If you'd had, if you'd done one of those church launches where you took 30, 40 of those people out of one of those churches, you couldn't have done this. No, you couldn't. Because they, they would talk the old way. They would assume the old right. things. They would, yeah. Right. You're basically just making a smaller version of the bigger church. Right. And, and then hoping that it will grow so you can like, so th- that I envision when it comes to church planting is more like, you know, the trees that drop seeds and then little trees grow up and then those trees drop seeds this is it was a different kind of church planting this was going into a, a field where there were no trees and planting a tree and hoping that someday it would grow big enough to right. plant its own with a new way of talking about god and engaging god and you know i mean from the simplest things in our church but where people would come early on because they'd hear about us a lot because back in, you know, 2001, yeah. nobody was doing anything creative or innovative. I mean, there were a few of us. I was just us. trying to finish high school, man. Sorry. Right. Sorry. Um, and so people would come to see what we were doing. Yeah. And a lot of what I would hear from people who would come from those churches, and at least in their first few weeks of experiencing it, it would be like, wow, like this is really great. Like this is different. I really want to be in something like this but could you like play music that's more like the other churches music i recognize and and we were like well there's nothing wrong with that music but everybody's playing that so you can go you know music is just one of them but you know it's like you can go get that anywhere this is different and we're trying to figure it out together so it's going to be different like everything's going to be different how we do kids how we do how we talk about god from up front the way we preach you know, um, so we did lots of experimental things yeah. in preaching. We did a lot of experimental things in discipleship. We started using different language to describe what we were doing. Yeah. Um, in those days, we, you know, we try our services were sometimes an hour and 50 minutes, you know, two hours long. Yeah. <laughs> there were no kids except my own. So it was really not. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, um, you, do you regret that? Um, I don't regret it, uh, but I also feel the impact of it. I, yeah. I think that, you know, we're not, like I envy your connection because okay. there are more people that your church um, there fits with now. 20 years later, there are more kind of alternative communities or ones that at least can speak the same language. My experience was that I would end up sitting with a bunch of pastors and I always felt like, and I began to understand what people who speak foreign languages and try to come oh, be man. part of different pastor yes. groups or different communities. You're like, except it's more like, like I was like, we're saying the same words. Like I understand your words, but when I say them, I mean something different. And yeah. that was, that was the hard part is that I felt kind of on the outside and not understood. And sometimes, you know, it would come back to me that, 
oh, well, people say that the village is progressive or people say that the village is liberal or people say that the village, you know, is X, Y, and Z. And it was never anything that was good. <laughs> in, in their in their minds, for sure. There might have been people in your church who were like, I want a progressive church. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, they, well, the thing is, is, People didn't realize how reformed the village yeah. was and how, you know, when it came to scripture, relatively conservative in its approach sure. to it. So, yeah. and how'd you, how'd you deal with that? Like, did you, did you try to convince people otherwise or did you just kind of go, you know? I just continued to isolate yeah. more and more Yeah, as a pastor so that I didn't, people would say to me, do you know so-and-so? And I'm like, no. Yeah. And people were surprised because I just didn't go to any of the pastor things. I just didn't feel like I fit. Yeah. And when I did start going and hanging out with people, I ended up in in the groups that I was accused of, like so the yeah, highly progressive right. groups, or 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 what I would call to see this like about two thousand five, two thousand six, or I don't know, somewhere around there. These groups started that weren't the little plant off of the church. That was just going to yeah. be a mirror of the church, uh, image bearer <laughs> of the church. <laughs> but they weren't as alternative as us. So they were yeah. sort of in the middle. They were trying to straddle basically both. Get the benefit of all of yeah. the church's stuff, but then try to be different at the same time. Sure. And so, you know, the guy you wrote a book with, Sean Banesh, yeah. invited me into that group of people. Yeah. There were 15, 20 of them. Then I met with them for about a year, and I got to meet a bunch of guys. Most of those churches fell apart. Yeah, uh, I don't think hardly any of them are left. I mean, Oasis. Yeah. I mean, David Ganey was there, but other than that, yeah. What What do you think was the? Why was that? Did they not? Did they not distinguish themselves enough? Did they? Um, was there some other factor for them? Yeah, I think I think that was a big part of it i think i don't think well one in in tucson it's hard to plant a church as you well know uh-huh. um i think it's getting a little bit easier but maybe not i don't know um i think it depends on the type i th- i don't know and, and it depends on who you're aiming at i feel like if you're grabbing the college students you have a lot more flexibility if sure. you're if you're going to the suburbs where a lot of people are from other parts of the country you have a lot more options right it's Planting yeah. a church in the city, one way or another. Yes, I think I think this Tucson's core, the the inner space of Tucson, is a more difficult place to plant um, a Christian, a faithful Christian church. Right, and I I honestly think like the the charismatic community has had a lot of success, like everywhere. Um, everywhere. Uh, the thing with the charismatic community in Tucson, and I don't know everywhere else, but the charismatic, it, it, there's a lot of, uh, um, what do you call it? The people come in and out very quick, you know, so you, you yeah. don't, you don't, you, I mean, there are people who stay for a long time, but there are a lot of people who find their way into the, into the, um, kingdom of God and then yeah. find their way out of the charismatic church. Yeah. Usually. I mean, I just had a discussion with somebody who, I believe they, in a way, they they probably really appreciate churches that maybe are smaller or more in-depth, but they, they were talking about how they keep going back to Victory, the big charismatic church here, just because, you, you know, you can't get 
that worship experience, you know, anywhere else. And so there's something about that. I mean, the, the emotionally, I mean, uh, you know, the negative, you could say that negatively, but you could also say that positively, like emotions are engaged in a charismatic church. Um, and, and that's in, in, in only in a certain way they are, but they are. And I think that the draw and the way that a lot of different people are brought together. But I also, they also insinuated that our big charismatic church here, when it's come to some of these social issues and the different ways generations view things, they've brought so many people in and probably taught such a light version of theology that they are having a really tough time addressing this stuff. And they're just saying as little as possible to try not to drive off people. And I think that's, that's a problem a lot of like larger mega churches are going to have because they've they've just kept everything so simple, right? And think life isn't that simple. Well, it's not. I mean, we can be honest. Over this last year, our church has lost people over yeah. this, and um, I mean, I would say our church. Let's just say our church has lost four percent, right? Over this issue. Right. So you, if you have a two thousand person church, right, right, yeah, you you can you build out those numbers four percent. That's a lot of people to walk right. away from your church, right? Yeah, um, and so you know, for us, that's a lot smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's. But I would like thing. to go back to the worship experience because I think that was a big thing that we were trying to step away from because what we felt with the people that we were working with and meeting with weren't looking for that worship experience. Mm. They, they were turned off by the emotionalism. They were turned off by the extreme kind of thing. And what we found was that Christians who were looking for something different were also wanted to have the emotional yeah. worship experience. And so when you ask me why churches failed those, those ones that we were meeting with in the mid-2000s was because they were all trying to produce a worship experience. And they would have yeah. people come in to try to train them and build out yeah. these worship experiences. And I just like, that that's not going to work. It can't hold people. Worship experiences really, I don't think, follow the Ephesians model of singing new songs to one another and admonishing each other. Yeah, I, I have a really hard time with, not that I hate worship experiences just in and of myself. I When I was younger, I connected with that. But as I've kind of grown and, looked into the scriptures i'm like i just don't see this as a i don't i don't i just don't see this as like the the it's not nearly as prominent as we've made it um i mean i don't even i see temple musicians and yeah no i'm all that singing yeah but yes they are but it but i don't see what we've created in here i think this is and i'm not ready to say oh it's it's all wrong or it's bad but at the same time, I think we've really made it far too prominent. I've I've told several people, they've come to me and they've talked to me about various churches they're looking at, and they always talk about music. And I will say to them, the, the music at the church should be at the absolute bottom of your list of reasons you do or do not go to this church. Um, it, it should be really low. You should be looking for, you know, teaching. You should be looking at the relationships that are present in this church, you should look at their genuine commitment to the person and work of Jesus Christ. Um, 
you should be looking for probably a healthy church structure that's going to sustain this church and, you know, that it's governed in, in, a, in a biblical, meaningful, personal way that they actually do what they say they're going to do in the way that they run their church. And most people don't look for any of that. They, they start with really great music. Right. And if, and, or they start with how, what programs do my child Yeah. Does, does this have of? good programs for yeah. my kid? Those are those two. Especially if you're already a follower of Jesus. And that's really, like, not necessarily the target that no. we are looking at. I mean, And, and we, we have struggled with this, I'll say, because we've explicitly stated that is not who we're trying to reach. Those people have all the other churches available to them. Right. But we continually slip back into those people are always make, you know, bringing stuff up and hoping that this is going to happen. And, and we always... Um, because we care about those people too, and the ones sure. in our in our, in our community. In your community, and but we we slip into wanting to do it for them um, versus sticking to like, no, we're doing this for you know if you're if you're with us, we're doing this for others, right? And I feel like I've kind of changed. Like I probably wouldn't say anymore. Look, I'm, we're trying to reach people who are either seeking God but aren't followers of Jesus or who are new followers of Jesus. I think we're looking for people both who are Christians and not Christians who want to be disciples, mm-hmm. who want to make that shift, who want to actually become learners of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so they're willing to have everything changed mm-hmm. and and be pushed and shoved, you know, like they don't want to be stagnant. Yeah. I think that's what we're looking, trying to reach is those people who want to seriously and that's a refinement of how you start. You started with thinking about postmoderns, and you were going to bring them all in, and right. And then you probably brought a couple in, right? But then, well, but it turns out everybody's postmodern. Yeah, it it is like <laughs> it does absolutely. Right? Um, yeah, I was yes. Um, if you grew up in the postmodern era, you think much more like that than you realize. Yeah, that's the crazy no matter part how of it all. Churched you are, yeah. Um, which has just become extremely evident to me in the last year, especially, but. Um, right. So you, yeah, you brought some of those folks in, but you focus more on like who you, you're like, we want to do a deep level of discipleship. And there are not a lot of people who are really in for that, ready for that, or, you know, looking for that. So you're, you're more saying those are the people when, if they want that, we're here and that's what we're going to do. And if they don't want that, then that's okay. And go somewhere else. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think the the cool part of watching you over the year, and I, well, and I'll, I'll just rewind for a minute. The one thing I like people don't realize, like what we have in common when it comes to worship, is that when you planted your church, you had the band in the back. Yeah. And I, our church did too. And this is partly yeah. because both of you and I are like, hey, we don't want these people to right. be the center of things. We right. want them to be part of the worship. In fact, when early Midtown, so before. I, I need to clarify that's no longer. No, it's, it's not. It the was case something we, we laid down for the sake of the merger, but. But it's important value to you. I, I miss it, yeah. And I love because the one thing I really love about going to your church. Um, when I visited a couple times is because it was in a small setting. Your band was really literally like, yeah. it's never really more than two or three people. Yeah. And I don't ever remember there being drums. Maybe there were drums. Uh, there yeah. were there drums. I mean, I wasn't there enough to Not know. Not like a kit. Yeah. It was yeah. just, yeah. Maybe hand drums or right. maybe, a, 
But anyway, it was like in the audience. I, I the idea was, was we're so, all in the band. Yes, it was like, so cool. Yeah. So cool. I, I loved that. Yeah. Um, I think that was one of those things that, you know, I, many people have been like, that was weird. And I go, do you think that's an insult? Like, I, I loved that. I loved that you walked in and went, this church doesn't feel like normal church. What's happening here? And I got to explain, as I would say, I got to explain to people, you know, you're, we're all here to worship God. The music carries our voices as we, as we worship God. So we're doing this together. It's not a performance for us. And people go, oh. And then they either, you know, they were into it or they weren't. But, um, yeah, I miss that. I miss that distinct thing we did at the time. Um, and people at my church know this. This was one that, you know, when you when you do a merger, if, if everybody's not laying down something that they like, you're not doing a merger. Right, yes. And, uh, and that was one I had to lay down that I liked. But I think it was the right decision. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, to, to go forward, watching you your church. I, I like the fact that you are able to interface with a lot of people. Um, I was not able to do that. Interface with a lot of church, pa- like other, pastors and other communities. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't, they're not guest speaking. No, um, they don't come church, to your church. And there, there are reasons. There's some of, some of these people that I've gotten to know who I would have come and, and lead at our church because I, I've learned that they don't, carry some of the baggage that I would be sure trying to keep out. Um, some of them I, I like very much and I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have them come and lead because I think it wouldn't, it would set a tone that we're not trying to set. Um, I think in their church, it probably works. It's probably exactly what people want, but in ours, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a good fit. Um, but, but I've, I've been grateful to have those relationships. I have, and it's, it's good. And so when, when I hear, when I hear that comment that I opened this conversation with, there's a part of me, I actually really agree with them. I think people looking for church need to know, they need to be able to see, because it's so, people are so confused as to what Christians believe. I, you know, a lot of the things I hear described in the news, what evangelicals do and believe go, I, that's not what I'm doing. That's not what we're doing. And I want, I want that to be seen and known to some degree. Um, but I also don't want to be, I don't want to be cut off from the broader, um, expression of the body of Christ. And also I think I don't want our influence to be lost. I like, I, I've actually thought about this in your case. I don't want your influence to be lost and, and vice versa. I don't want their influence to be lost on you, but I think having you become a part of some of those gatherings of pastors, I, I love when you and Rod speak up and just have a completely different angle on things. Um, that's not to say I agree with you every time, but it's just, it's good. It's different. It's you've thought deeply about church in a different way. And I think I, you know, I sort of, I sort of hate that some of these other leaders don't get to hear that and get pressed on that a little bit more. I think it would enrich sure. what our broader church does. So, but, but sometimes but you, you've been good, man. You've been coming around some. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I didn't. You talk to me. <laughs> yeah, I talked to you. I, I I read 
and I didn't finish the article, but I was reading some article that was titled something about you have to go away to be creative, like you have to isolate uh, to be creative. I don't know. I ran across it on Facebook, I think. But there is a way of, like, sure. to actually develop something new and different. Sometimes you have to get all the noise of what you're used to. Uh-huh. And I think I think the villages come up for air in a lot of ways and trying yeah. to, to say, hey, like this is what we've developed and this is who we are and we're, we're out there and we're trying to offer what we have now that we've developed to the larger community. Yeah. You know, through our podcasts like Faith Over Breakfast, like Healing the City, you know, many other venues that we try to like get it out there. So we're trying. Yeah. But I've also found that like one of the things that happened is I think pastoring makes it very, if you're truly pastoring, it makes it very difficult to interact in a lot of other things outside of your church. Yeah. And this is a difference between yourself and myself. And I've, and we talked weeks ago about how I'm trying to figure some of this out, but you are very much the, the, the pastor who, I mean, maybe in the traditional idea of pastoring, which is just knowing your people, I think you're, you're stronger in that than I am. I think I'm a little more, I'm like kind of the extrovert social butterfly type. And I'm trying to figure that out on behalf of our own church. Right. Like what, what needs to be added into the mix since I am this way? Um, because I, I assume that your people get just a lot more attention. There's some people that don't want more attention. Um, so there's that. But you, you do a great job of walking with the people of your church in deep ways. And you're right. If you're really doing that, you just can't really do a lot of other stuff. Um, and, and I think I'm always kind of kind of high ideation, always having a, a new big idea and um, new, right. new big ideas that don't really get that big, but they're still, you know, new ideas, new ideas. And, uh, and so I think there's a place for that. There is. I just don't know if new ideas work if you don't know your people. Well, I'm saying it's there and they're, they're connected to my people and sometimes they're not, like right. sometimes they're just, they're broader church ideas or whatever. You know, that's, right. that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think it always works. Right in a shepherding of a group. So I've honestly, what I think is for mission church is that we need a more shepherding oriented leader or several to kind of grow into that, to, to fill in the gap, you know, that exists because Nick and I are both kind of entrepreneurial types. This is true. It is true. Yeah. So yeah. Interesting. Well, um, yeah, it's, it sounds like it's been a good journey, but a lonely one. Yeah, certain well, ways to distinguish yourself from the church. It is degree. in some um, degrees, but you know, people. The other thing I find when I do go back out and talk to pastors is they're lonely. Yes. Oh and, man. And I'm not. No. Yeah. Because I have true. a community of people who ask me as hard a questions as anybody else. Keep me yeah. accountable, and and are I'm on a team with, and we're we have a collegiate experience together. It's true. The, the pastors I know that are doing, you know, where <laughs> when people go to churches where they feel like, Oh, this is, this is just good Christian church. And no wonder there's 500,000 people here. 
I feel like those their pastors are often very lonely people. Yeah. So that's not a good sign. No. Yeah, I I'm not lonely <laughs> either. Right. You have a very <laughs> I mean you have an a big elder board that's like on on board with you. You've got three pastors yeah. total on staff. And I and they're not just staff members, they're my friends. Yeah. Um like which makes it harder when there is conflict. Yeah. <laughs> but, but good, but good and rich. Right. But I'm definitely not lonely there. No. And and we've got we have some we have some friends and some good family and like I think and and other other pastors, I mean I count you among one of you know, my closest friends as well. Like and we tend to talk about these kinds of things and Right. You know, I'm I'm not the guy that you come to to process some of your deep inner stuff usually because you have that. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really feel for lonely pastors. I think there's a lot of them and I think a lot of their, a lot of their people love their church experience and don't know their pastor doesn't have friends. That's unfortunate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, uh, Hey, I think we did a podcast. The podcast has been It's done. not on Thanksgiving. It's not on Thanksgiving, <laughs> but, which is fine. But you should give thanks. Yeah, give thanks for non-lonely pastors. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. You can always, if you have a, if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss, email it to faithoverbreakfast at gmail dot com, and we'd love to hear it. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being with us. <laughs> <laughs>